0: AIA a- a- digital it, it, bring it, marketing To so the billy show guys how Thanks. are you today joe Rossi? well thank you that's hey. good fantastic um so today listeners we're talking about SEO so if you're a business owner and you've got a website, or you're thinking of starting a business, and you're uh, building a website, and you want it to rank on Google, so you get all of those sweet, sweet sales from the internet without having to pay per click. This is the right podcast for you. Um, also, probably going to be useful for anyone who's paying for SEO currently to an agency because it will help you understand whether or not you're getting your value for money. What do you think about that, Joe and Rossi? Going to be fun. You guys excited? Oh yes. Oh. I'm feeling the enthusiasm already. Joe? Keen. Keen as beans? Keen as. Keen as beans. Good. All right. So we'll just quickly cover off some of the things we're going to talk about for you guys. Uh, SEO, what is it that Google is looking for when ranking websites? What tools are useful for you to use? What tools do we use here as an SEO agency? Um, You know, uh, what kind of formulas or techniques that we use to get websites to rank well on Google? Um, and the difference between maybe running an SEO campaign compared to ads. Um, we're going to talk about different website content management systems, WordPress, Joomla, um, you know, uh, Wix and uh, all the rest of those. Um, and we're going to uh, talk about backlinks, which is the um, ambiguous topic and uh, has been the um, topic of much contention over the years that Google's been ranking websites and penalising websites, etc., Um, and finally we're going to end with some hot tips from Rossi in regards to what you can do to help your website to rank faster and better now. Um, so Rossi, I think, um, Joe, I've already introduced you before on the show, but Joe's one of the sales guys here at Australian internet advertising. He's a kick-ass digital marketer with a, um, Uh, a lot of experience and um, is doing really well here with um, signing new businesses up to our platforms and to our advertising campaigns here. Welcome, Joe. Thanks for coming back. Thanks, Billy. Thanks for having me. Rossi. Rossi's been uh, one of the – she's the head of the SEO department here at Australian Internet Advertising, has been doing SEO now for how many years? Five. Five years. Five years, full-time, Monday to Friday and some Saturdays and Sundays. (laughs) Um, Gets in early, leaves late and has been working on getting websites to rank better on Google all day, every day, for five years, people. So she might have some helpful tips for us. Rossi, welcome. Thanks. Thank you. Um, so tell us a bit about yourself, Rossi. What made you decide to get into SEO in the first place? I didn't. You didn't decide to get into no. SEO? Oh.
1: Don't you remember the have story? Have I got the right per- – you the yeah. right Rossi? Yeah, the right Rossi. What yes. did bring you You hired into me, SEO? You hired me as a junior web developer. Uh,
0: and then I you did? said, yes. hey,
1: you want to learn some SEO? Go on, learn it all on your own. Yes. <laughs> With no help. Well, actually, there was a little bit of help.
0: I, I'm pretty sure I taught you everything you know, Rossi, Not everything about you know. SEO.
1: Mm, I don't think so.
0: Well, okay. Well, so Google, you, you're taught self-taught.
1: Me. Google taught me a lot. That's and good. then I That's used useful. to drag you to a lot of workshops and seminars.
0: Yes, I remember that. Mm-hmm. We haven't been to one for a while.
1: No, we haven't. We need to go we back. We
0: haven't needed to. We're kicking <laughs> ass. Kicking SEO butt. All right, cool. So... You were hired as a junior SEO, uh, junior developer and um, were coerced into doing SEO instead. Yeah,
1: the opportunity arose.
0: <clears throat> the opportunity arose. And how do you feel about your journey so far, doing optimizing websites, getting them to rank higher on Google so that the people that own them can make more money?
1: Well, I'm not going to lie, for a while it was very much imposter syndrome, but I feel yes. a lot more comfortable now, or obviously I feel a lot more comfortable now. Yes. But I guess that also comes not just with experience, but also... Having the drive to wanna make your clients succeed, yes or see results for them, yes, and I get a real kick out of that
0: yeah, cool. I heard you um I think yesterday was there a woohoo
1: yeah, or there are a lot of woohoos
0: yeah, yeah, but yesterday, I remember one in particular was that a client's rankings yeah. that went up, yeah. Saw so I,
1: especially people that have been with us for the smaller clients, the ones that have the smaller budgets, and you know that you can't dedicate as much to them or give them as many deliverables and inclusions as backlinks or content or whatever else it is. Yes. So they're on a smaller budget. It's obviously going to take longer for them to get to where they want to be, but yep. it's that persistence and the fact that they see the value of it as well, Yes. and you know that they will get to where they want to be.
0: Yes, over time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, cool. So,
2: Can I just say, so for five years I've been doing uh, Google Ads management, Facebook Ads management, search engine optimization implementations, uh, not much around backlinks, been just paying for those through a service. Um, I like to think I've got a fairly good level of understanding across these uh, platforms, across these disciplines. Um, but Rossi, when I started working at AIA, uh, and overhearing your conversations with people, just like you're saying now, the, the clarity of vision and the way that you're able to communicate uh, your understanding of SEO in a very clear-cut way is second to none. I don't think I've actually heard somebody.
1: Thanks, Joe. That means a lot.
2: It's, it's true. I don't think I've heard somebody who's been able to, to give the level of information in such a digestible way uh, from anybody before.
1: I feel like I have word vomit with most of the clients and sometimes they probably think it's a little too much information.
0: Well, it's a very technical topic. Yes. Yes. That's the thing, right? Like, so if you can explain SEO, and this is one of the reasons why it's such a dodgy industry as well, right? Like, you you can so easily pull out a bunch of jargon and tell business owners that they're getting value for their money when they're just not, um, you know. Some of the, do you guys, over the years, I've seen some of the oldest tricks in the books are that people will say, oh, we'll get you ranking for 500 keywords for, you know, yeah. 100 bucks a month. In 12 months. Yeah, but they send a rank report and, yeah, they're ranking for, you know, 500 keywords, but no one's ever going to type any of these keywords in. They're low competition or no competition keywords and they're long tail and they don't make any sense and no one ever types them into Google. But so
1: it becomes such a waste of time, waste of money, waste of effort. Yes. So the thing is, if you don't have a clear picture of what you want to achieve and you just do work without there being any point, then it is a waste on both ends, whoever's spending the money to improve their business and the people who are working on it. Yes. So I suppose the one difference between maybe starting out with SEO all those years ago now and now is that I have a relationship with these business owners and, like, I understand their business and I want their business to succeed because it feels really personal – to yes. me, yep. but I—I I guess if you're just a cog in, it, like, in a giant company that just churns these clients yeah, yeah. through, then it's—it's a, it's a whole different ball game. But I feel responsible for these clients, as like for the money that they give us yes. and what they get in return. And obviously, I like it upsets me when I can't deliver exactly. You know, when something goes down or something goes wrong, because I yep. feel directly a keyword
0: r- drops or whatever. Yeah, I feel yep.
1: directly responsible for it. So like it's really hard sometimes to detach and I suppose like there are so many benefits of being in a small company like ours to build these relationships but at the same time, it's a, it's a huge stress and I yes. wish that I could mm. manage that a lot better.
2: Of all the intangibles that we have in our industry, right? Google ads, Facebook ads, SEO, they're, they're all intangible. They're not physical. You can't hold them in your hand. Yeah. People give us money and they don't they don't get anything that they've in they their can post. Touch what about feel. the
1: digital report?
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the report. Yeah, yeah. Um, But of all the intangibles that we produce in this industry, SEO is is by far and away the the most intangible. Oh, yes. And and ambiguous. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. It's
0: it's just, there's no way of proving you got what you paid for. And it it
2: takes time and it's hard and it's it's all like, you know, we can see that these things are moving in the right direction and because of these actions we've taken. But it also is, you know, there are a hundred other factors that are always at play. Yeah, SEO.
1: So I think someone, I had a conversation with a client a while ago and it was like, what exactly is making their SEO get better or improve or increase their visibility? And the, the thing that you have to think about, if you don't do anything at all, nothing will change. Mm -hmm. But if you start doing stuff, Mm. trialing these things, because obviously SEO is graded by so many different factors, whether it's on-site, off-site, user experience, all of these things, Mm. if you start to do them and you start to work towards like the one goal, which is just to make the website really good, the content really good, delivering Mm. uh, this user experience that just makes sense, obviously you will increase Yes. The rankings. So, yes. you, you have action is what SEO is. Yeah. Taking right. action to improve the overall product, which is the website.
0: Yes, I agree. Exactly. So, so that's a very good, I think, Rossi. I, I concur with what Joe said, by the way. You're very good at explaining these things to our clients. And um, that's why I thought it was important to get you on here. I've been uh, haggling you to get on here for a while now. So,. Guys, this is really good golden information for business owners out there. So I recommend that you you, you make sure you listen through this if you're a business owner or have a website or are interested in SEO. Um, and I think there's a good opportunity for us to get down to maybe some specifics that we can um, help business owners with. So the first question: What is it that Google is looking for in your opinion, Rossi, when um, looking when ranking websites?
1: In my in my opinion, it, the first thing that they look for is content.
2: Okay, so it's So cool.
1: it's about having good content. And it's not about having more content. It's about having quality content that makes sense, that is on topic. Yes. And good content can have the power to completely transform your website. Yes. And being strategic about it, how you also, where you position it on a page, how much of it you position, making sure it's not duplicate, like dedicating. So each page on your website should be dedicated to one kind of overarching topic. Yes. And then the umbrella kind of opens up and then it trickles down to, you know, subtopics and everything like that. But with content as well, that includes like your titles, your metadata, the things that Google reads. So, Mm -hmm. I honestly believe that content is king.
0: What's titles and metadata?
1: (laughs) Okay. So, metadata is uh, what you would see on Google search. So, the title and the small description. uh, It's set by a certain amount of characters that you're allowed. So for the title, it's between 50 to 70. And for the meta description, which comes underneath the title, it's up to 160 characters. Yes. Sometimes it will allow for more. Google isn't exactly explicit about why it would give you more characters, yep. but you should usually go.
0: Go for 160.
1: Yeah, 160. Cool. And those are very important because what Google does is it scans your page, yes, reads the content on there, and then based on what you've chosen to be your metadata, then it, you somewhere in Google search cool. for any given keyword. Cool. So making sure that your content and your metadata is all related yes. is the way to make sure that that page ranks as high as possible.
0: Yeah, cool. And and so if you were building a page that you were looking to rank for a certain keyword, would you make sure that that keyword's in the metadata, in the title or description? Yes.
1: But also not overusing it because that's one thing I suppose many moons ago, yes. even pre, pre my time of doing SEO, Yes. Keyword inclusion was such a big thing. The more keywords you, ha- the more times you included a keyword on a page, the better it ranked. If it was in the title, if it was in the description, if it was just plonked so many times, including in the URL, yes. that's how a page would rank. Yep. That's not the case anymore. There is like a good balance of how many times you should include a keyword.
0: Keyword density. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> I remember a time, if I can just interrupt here, where. Uh, Keyword density was so important. People were doing something called um, phantom text. Mm. Do you remember yep. what that is? Yeah. yeah. So people were making their website like, you know, a kilometer wide and just making and dumping words in on either side of the screen so you wouldn't actually see it.
1: Whilst it was, now that would be considered bad user experience.
0: Right. They got on top of that pretty yeah. quickly. Um, yeah, cool. So, so they, so they you you know, in respect to the keyword, it's probably good to have it like once in the meta title or twice, do you think?
1: Depends on how you put it in there, if it makes sense in the sentence. Yeah, cool. So it wouldn't be something that you just… And in the description? So meta title, I would put it in once, in the meta description up to twice. Okay, cool. If it makes sense to be put in twice. Yeah, cool. But people will argue this point yes, as well. So the metadata, it's all… The other thing is that if you think about it, if if your page… If you want to target a page for one keyword, then obviously it kind of makes sense to put it once in the meta title and then maybe twice in the meta description. But if that page ranks for multiple keywords, yes. then you and why would you be wasting your meta description of 160 characters? To on be this one keyword. On just one.
0: Right. That's a good point. Cool. Okay. So that's kind of a, a brief rule of, of the meta title. But when, what what if, you know, I've seen websites at the top of Google that have crappy content for competitive keywords.
1: What Why do you is think that? is an
0: explanation for that?
1: They're fast.
0: They load fast, yeah. you mean? Okay, yes. cool. Well,
1: when you say – what do you define as crappy content?
0: Um, um, like not much of it, you know?
1: Well, then, uh, no, but then – how is that crappy?
0: No, like I mean like like 50 words, you know, or less.
1: But that's still not considered. So that's the other thing. You're comparing that to say someone that's got, what, a thousand?
0: Yeah, words on the page. But
1: so, then
0: so yeah –
1: it wouldn't be deemed on just the 50 words that are on the page. So content yes. is very good. Okay, so you'd
0: a- put content at the top of the list of things that are important Yeah. that Google's looking for.
1: Yeah.
2: The objection oh. I've heard, just to touch on what Billy's saying as well, is um, that you have new advertisers who enter the market, uh, who have got, yeah, they might have the most fantastic content in the world, but they're still being outranked by that guy who's been there for 15 years. Yep. So, With um, this crappy old website that looks bad, it's yeah. like, but Even don't but don't forget from the 90s.
1: Yeah, but yeah. don't forget what happens when you first enter the Google search, Google index. They what? compare you to everyone, but it also takes time for you to get up Climb there. The ladder. It's yep. very unlikely, very unlikely, but it does happen that you would go for a highly competitive strong keyword. Yes. And you would go straight to the top. Yes. Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't work it like that. It never happens. No.
2: What about yeah. domain age? How much does that play a, a factor? I think
1: that that definitely plays a factor because the older the domain, the, s- the higher your authority is mm. and you've had a longer time to build that authority. Yes. So domain age is very important. So what yeah. is
2: domain authority?
1: Sir. <laughs> oh, I didn't mean
2: to stump you. Yeah. Not stump That's
1: like me, saying,
0: so what is
2: Australia? No, so can domain authority go backwards?
1: No. It only goes up.
2: So out of a score of one hundred. Okay, so out of a score of one hundred, if you're if you've been in uh, if you've had a website that's been live for twenty five years, you've got a nineteen nineties website. You've got if you're looking it's at it, you're, you're, you would you would describe it as crappy content. Yeah. Um, you've been at the top of Google for certain very competitive but search terms if, for even five if you've years. You've got a 25, or twenty five years
1: twenty five year old website. Mm-hmm. You, it's not guaranteed you're going to have a very high domain authority okay. because your domain authority is directly correlated to the amount of traffic you've got backlinks. Sorry, backlinks, especially backlinks, and how people function on your website. So the domain authority score that we take into account is is done by Moz, uh, and Moz.
2: Moz invented DA, right?
1: Yeah. So, but there are other authority scores for domains, and that's through Semrush, like, yeah. Bruce Clay. Yeah. Uh,
2: there's so
0: so. I think it's important for the listeners that we do explain what a backlink is, and I think uh, if it's okay, I'll just quickly do that. Yeah. Um. So a backlink is basically a um, a hyperlink that is on any other website that points to yours. So if I've got a website called billy.com and you go to my website and uh, on there it says, "Hey, go and check out um, joe.com. Uh, he's got some great information on xyz and they can click on the joe.com anchor text in that in that uh, on that page and it takes the user from my website to joe.com. Joe.com now has a backlink from billy.com. And the more backlinks Joe.com can get from other websites, the uh, higher his domain authority is going to be, generally speaking.
2: The more more referral links? Uh,
0: Yeah, so there's different types of links. There's now a number of different types of links, but generally speaking, they're categorized into two, follow and no follow. So no follow links tell Google not to to, uh, follow that link through. Not to attribute any value. Not to attribute any of the domain authority or link juice, Mm -hmm. as uh, it's often termed in this industry. Uh, through to joe.com, so his rankings won't go up, his domain authority won't go up. But do follow links do mean that your rankings in your domain authority will go up. So it's kind of like a uh, recommendation. And then if you think about it in this way, if you get a recommendation from, um, you know, um, uh, Forbes. Right. But if you say, say you're walking around the street one day, you go to the fish and chip shop, and, and the fish and chip shop owner says, hey, you should go and check out this play. It's great, it's at the Sydney Opera House. Right, You might go and check out the play. You'll take that recommendation on board with some level of authority. But if you, say, are walking down the street and you run into the Prime Minister of Australia and he says, hey, go and check out this play, it's awesome or some celebrity or something, then there's a much better chance you're going to take that or that recommendation with a higher level of authority. Mm. So um, the same thing happens with websites. If you get a backlink from some crappy little website that no one ever goes to with no domain authority or, refer- or inbound referral links to their website, then that won't affect your domain authority very much. You need a lot of those backlinks to have an effect. But if you get a backlink from like Forbes, as you mentioned, Rossi, or um, some other high-ranking some websites. Government,
2: government website.
0: Government websites, News. educational websites. News. Uh, news websites especially, yes, um, then your rankings will uh, be impacted more significantly by those links.
1: But that's also two-pronged because you get the link juice from that domain, referring domain, but yep. also those backlinks give the opportunity for referral traffic yes. and referral traffic is very important as well.
0: Mm, for SEO, in, yeah. for your rankings. Yeah. So would you say that there's uh, – all right, let's just go back a little bit. You've talked about content and having good content. How does, what is Google, if it's no longer um, keyword density, like if it's no longer um, the, uh, a, you know, the amount of times that the keyword you're targeting occurs on the page in comparison to the total amount of words on that page, what is it that makes content good?
1: I don't, I don't know. <laughs> what do you mean? What is,
0: well, it used to be keyword density, right? So what do you think, what do we do now when we create content?
1: So you're talking about semantic keywords. So yes. that's semantic keywords work when you're comparing the top 10 search results. Yes. But I suppose the thing about semantic keywords is that they are generally related to the topic. Right. So if you take something like, say, building inspections and yes. think about that as, say, a keyword, then what other keywords would be related to that that you should include within your content and talk about that? Yep. But cool. our process – Pre-purchased
0: inspections, pest inspections. exactly What to do before I buy a house, exactly. whatever else. So right.
1: those types of, types of semantic keywords would need to be included. But for us – okay, so here's the thing. you Right now we're kind of going to the avenue of already knowing, say, what someone is going to rank for. Yes. So knowing that keyword in advance. Yes. But the best thing you can do for a brand new website is to have good content, quality content written for your services. Yes. Mm-hmm. Index the web, uh, sorry, uh, submit the website to be indexed on Google. Let Google uh, index you and rank you Yes. immediately from those. Yes. See where you rank and where you come up. Yes. And then do an audit of your content and add in some semantics.
2: Okay, cool. So
1: that would be my recommendation.
2: Excellent. Okay, so start start off with a, a baseline and then have a yeah, look at what the low base, fruit is.
1: But yeah, the baseline should always be good. That's the other thing. I feel like as well since we do web development here too. Mm. The clients that we have that come to us and say, I want a website, it is, you know, and then they say, you write the content for us. Yeah. You write
0: our About Us
1: page, please. (laughs) Which I find sometimes isn't the right way to go about it as well because we don't know the terms of their industry. So they need to give a really good guideline. Yeah, a brief as well of what exactly they do because then – our content writers will be able to write from that but if you get the content written well from the get-go you will most likely change bits of it but you won't be changing huge bits of it so you might as well do it right from the get-go from
2: the start Yeah, yeah cool do you think that having content that's produced in that advertiser that company's um tone of voice is is a good thing or or should content be generic Build no, tone,
1: tone of voice is definitely a good thing because don't forget, when I also say that the content should be good from the get-go, you have to think about who's reading the content except from Google. Right. So g- the content should be written with Google in mind, but it's actually written for your… Users. Tar- yeah, for your target audience. For another
0: reason, even let's say if you only read it for, r- wrote it for with Google in mind and you got to the top of the front page of Google, no one's going to inquire no,
1: because exactly. the content's
0: crap, right? So, so I agree with you, Rossi, and that's what Google has always said right from the beginning. Right, and we see that with whenever we read any of the recommendations from Google, is like content is king. It's important. Uh, build your website f- for user experience first. Yeah. Right. Don't worry about our search engine. You'll rank high if your users love your content, which, you know, is slowly becoming more true over yeah. the years. It was yes. certainly not
2: true when it started. I think that um, over the last ten years, especially right, smartphones, iPhones, the way we search has massively changed. Yes, certainly. There's been a lot more search, but we're also doing a lot more searches, around, you know, around very asinine questions. Yes, you know if there's something that comes up or I have a small thought about something, I'm very likely to just Google that, yes. Google that question and find out an answer.
1: Right, you can write really long key phrases into Google and they'll spit out millions of search results, and you're like, how does it understand what I'm asking? But it yeah, does. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah the in, the use uh, search intent intent. Yeah, yeah, and um, micro moments. Have you seen their, their their information out about micro moments? Catching the user in that micro moment when they're looking for a service or a product that you're selling. Um, so that was one of their advertisements. They had a YouTube ad going for a while about micro moments.
2: That. There was a thing a little while ago, maybe most of a decade ago, about um, zero point uh, bugger this uh, zero point of contact, perhaps. But it was it essentially it was talking about having the sale made before they even discovered your brand, yes. And it was through things like like snippets, like micro moments, like having the information there ready to go, doing all the things that that you needed that Google search engine result to do to sell your service for you.
0: Yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna look it up. Okay. <clears throat> so, um, with content, it's probably important that you write your content to assist the users first, without thinking without working too hard on trying to make the search engine happy. Um, So, and, and content's the first thing you say, Rossi. What would you say is the second thing? Backlinks. Backlinks, cool. Now, let's just put ourselves in the shoes of a business owner who has no idea what the hell we're talking about when we say backlinks other than what I've just described previously. Where would they even begin to look for backlinks? Where would they even go? Because... How how do we get our backlinks now? Over years of sort of aggregating all of these blogger outreach freelancers offers and getting the best value that we can for the for the best price, right? Yep. So so, but where did we start?
1: Tried to find a company that it,
0: sells backlinks. Yeah. So you can do a search online, right? You can go yep. blogger outreach companies. Um, the, the,
1: the hardest thing about backing, say for example in our Australian market is that you're gonna find that a lot of those companies are overseas. Yep. So for us it was a real trial and error of trying to find a company that was really good that had local websites that yep. also had really good content writers because at the end of the day the other thing about backlinks is that it might not it might only just be a few words that are hyperlinked back to your website. But if that content is awful yes. On that whole page. Yes no one's going to visit it. Right. And it's domain sorry its domain authority might be high but the page authority would be awful and yeah. that is a waste.
0: Yeah, cool. So there's difference there's an overall domain authority and then each of the pages in that under that domain. So for example, you might have billy.com uh, has a domain authority 50 and billy.com/plumbers sydney might have a domain authority of like 2 or 20. Or and and like
1: Google, Google will also look at that. If there's a big discrepancy between your domain authority and your page authority, they think something's up.
0: Yeah, yeah, cool. All right. What, Joe, did you find what you were looking for?
2: Yeah, zero moment of truth. Yes was the term coined in 2011 by Google and last updated in 2014. So they've obviously forgotten about it. <laughs> but what they were talking about was um, that it, people were increasingly seeing and making decisions at the zero moment. Yes. So where previously you would need to see a brand and see it multiple times and you have all these touch points from, from, yes. from brands, you know, Kellogg's Corn Flakes, cornflakes, Great marketing whatever. or whatever. Exactly. Yep. you see it on the shelves, you'd see it in, in, in billboards. Yep. Uh, and it would take all these uh, all these customer touch points, all these moments uh, of interaction with this brand before you were trusting of them, before you liked them enough uh, to make the purchase. Yeah, right. Whereas um, today and in today's market and certainly over the last 10 years, we, we don't need that level, of, uh, that level of marketing. It certainly helps and for every, you know, most average advertisers. Yes. I'd absolutely recommend to, to keep pushing it. Um, but the zero moment of truth, basically it, it looks at the precise moment when somebody has a need yep. uh, or an intent or a question that they want answering online. Um, so you know it can be literally that right. Which brand of diapers is going to help my baby sleep through the night? Right. And if the um, if the uh, right
0: ad comes up with the right message finger, at the right time, then they're right, ready to go. The, the sales made.
2: It's so a zero moment of truth. So before they've yes. even found you, they're yes. going to buy from you.
0: Yes. Yeah. Nice. A lot of those diapers would probably be sold if there were ever any made. I think. Very comfortable. There's a lot of babies keeping a lot of people up. Very comfortable diapers every night.
2: Um, Have a little accident. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Doesn't super matter. Super comfortable.
0: So stay asleep. It's all yeah. good. Um, okay, cool. So content backlinks. Is there a third thing,
1: well, So the order of these isn't always that order, by the way. Right. It depends on every website. Yes. So there is no one...
0: It's a unique situation scenario.
1: 100%. Yeah, yeah, cool. So, or if, so if you ever speak, that's the other thing. We offer SEO packages here that have certain inclusions. But at the end of the day, I have to speak to the client, see what their objectives are, see how their website performs to then be able to actually tell them what the definitive plan is and where yeah. there's...
0: They might have a really high domain authority but really crappy content. Yeah. So we'll do more content than, than backlinks
1: yeah. so, and so
0: vice versa, right? And,
1: and not just that then. So the other inclusion that we always have is obviously on-site hours of doing work on the website. So that would include things, fixing up stuff that isn't working, yes. but also user experience. So yes. one but of the things... Do that, those
2: things go hand in hand? What do you mean? Um, so if there's something not working on the website, is that...
1: A user experience problem? Yeah. So when I say something is not working, that that could be broken links. So that would be just errors. So broken link. Yeah. Links so not to,
0: not all not all things that are broken on a website affect the user experience. And
1: also that may may not be visible. So the other thing is that you mm. have to remember there's you've got two different types of users or not users. Uh, pe- you've got Google who crawls the website mm. with bots, and what they see is vastly different to what a user sees. They see code, they see um, tags, and all of these things that they see um, are judged in a different way to say how a user would mm. judge them. So when a Google crawls a website or any type of bot crawls a website, they will spit out data or spit out things that they think that recommend, sorry, things that they recommend that you change on the website, but the user might not necessarily see them
0: yes. in that and way. And that's what all of these like audits with these tools that you can do, right? They tell yeah. you this, like there's um, uh, SEO Health Checker, that's a free online tool. You just chuck your domain in there, they give you an SEO score. If you sign up for SEMrush or Moz or Bruce Clay or there's there's a stack of these tools out there, right? Uh, ahrefs um pro rank tracker they, they all do seo audits of your website and they will give you a score and tell you what you need to fix broken links um um keywords missing from certain pages um miss no h1 tags too um, many h1 tags too many h1 tags the wrong types of inside yeah wrong types there's yeah. so many things yeah. that can go wrong on in seo terms on a website that does not necessarily mean it affects the user experience very much at all. Because the any. other
1: thing you have to think about is well, a website, the older it gets, the more chance it has that something's going to break somewhere. Yes. And you don't, it might not mm. be on the homepage because, you know, the owner of the website would always be looking on the homepage. Yeah. But there may be blogs, there may be images. Yes. Sometimes images get corrupt, sometimes images break. There's, yes. There are all these things that happen in the background without you even realizing. Maybe a plugin. You know, something within the website breaks and it makes something not work quite right. But the only person that's going to see it, yes, is one user that goes to a blog.
0: Yeah, right. Mm. So exactly.
1: So it's continuous work to make the website perform.
0: So, so what about site speed? Do you think that that should be in this list?
1: So, well, site speed has been a, (laughs) which means like the
0: how quickly the website loads, right?
1: So site they've. Google has always spoken about site speed but it's becoming more and more important and in May this year it's going to be the defining factor
0: yeah well we don't know yet right like so uh, this you're talking about the core web vitals yeah. update which they announced that uh, so the history behind this guys is that there was a um, algorithm update announced by Google uh, called the core web vitals update that will be focusing on load speed for websites um, but for the first time in the history of Google algorithm updates they gave webmasters some warning and they said we're Not going some warning yeah 6 months they said we're going to give you 6 months warning and then coronavirus hit so they postponed the whole algorithm update um, and then in uh, November 2020 last year they said the 6 month warning is 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 now we're giving you the 6 month warning so in May this year the core web vitals update's going to come into effect now how much of an effect that's going to have on websites rankings we don't yet know. We do know that already. Page speed affects rankings, right? One hundred percent. There's there's no doubt about that. But we don't know. So so that one would one would assume that uh, this core web vitals update is going to mean that it's going to have uh, considerably more a uh, uh, higher effect on people's rankings. Yeah. But we don't know how much. We it, but, it but also be.
1: that the core web vitals is directly related to user experience. Yes. Because mm. it's all about how fast everything loads. And I suppose the thing about that is that. Every, you know, the percentage of people that Google or like find search for websites and search for whatever they're looking for on is on mobile phones Yes, and yep. how fast you can make stuff load. And we already know that the slower that something loads, the quicker someone's going to get away from it. Yeah, bounce something. rates, conversion rates. Yeah. It
0: affects uh, a whole bunch of other um, post click metrics yep. as well. Right? Like, so that's probably why Google's brought it in.
2: So can I pose a two part question? Um, one um, isn't really a question, but I know that you know. I look at 150 websites a day, right? Uh, I'm sure most people don't quite get that number, but they look at a good number throughout the day. Um, I rarely notice if a website loads fast. I might notice if it loads very fast, and I definitely notice if it loads slowly. It's a yes. really bad experience if it loads slowly. Yes, um, for for those guys who don't have the fastest website in the country. How much is this going to affect the average loading website, do we think?
0: It's a really good question. And um, if I can jump in, I think that it's really important. Imagine you're number one or number two or three on Google for Accountant Sydney, okay? And the Core Web Vitals update comes into play. And none of the other websites currently ranking for Accountant Sydney do anything about it. Then Core Web Vitals is in play. Uh, Page speed has a, a higher impact on uh, load speed has a higher impact on rankings than it did before, but no one's done anything about it. Uh, there may be some shuffling around based on that. So the person just below you might have a faster loading website. So they'll knock you down a spot, you know, uh, that could happen. It might knock you down a couple of spots. But if no if, if, if five of your competitors that are below you currently don't go out and buy faster websites or make their websites load faster than yours, then it's all relative anyway, mm. right? You're in amongst a bunch of other slow websites, so, so I don't think it will have that much of an impact on that particular business owner. But <clears throat> what it does do is it presents an opportunity, right? And, and that opportunity is, if you want to get ahead of your competitors um, with the algorithm update that's coming into play in, in May, um, then if you build a lightning fast website, then you're going to have the edge. You're going to have the advantage over those guys.
2: This is the opportunity.
0: Right. Mm. That, exactly. That's what I think. I think that it's an op- Core Web Vitals coming into play, knowing that uh, fast websites already. Um, have an impact on rankings. Um, If you were to go out and uh, after the Core Web Vitals update, if you've got a faster website, you're going to rank higher, get more traffic, not to mention the increase in conversion rates, the lower bounce rate. And it's interesting, Joe, that you mentioned that you don't notice, right, this um, very much when you're looking at websites. Often people put it down to their internet connection as well. Yep. If If I click on a website and it takes forever to load, I don't think this website's a piece of crap I'm going to go. I think, oh, damn it, what's wrong with my phone? Right, like why is my internet connection? Working? But
1: what do you do once it starts to load really slow? You I, click back,
0: yeah. Often, click back, maybe Try give, it another, give yeah. it another shot. But I, uh, the, and the, the you know, the, the data's in as well. We've built some fast websites and we've sped up e commerce websites, and the conversion rates go up, uh, in some cases significantly. Um, so so I think that a lot of things happen that we're not conscious of, and I think this may be one of them is that we. We actually do make buying decisions uh, that are affected by page speed on, on websites without even really noticing it. You know, there's probably a lot of things that, um, as, as we know as, as marketers, there's a lot of things that are sort of subconscious, unconscious, that affect our buying decisions uh, for sure. So so site speed's on there too, Rossi. Is that right? Sorry, are we keeping you awake, yes. mate? Rossi's just done a big old yawn. Look at that. Um, all right, so site speed's important too, hey? Cool. Uh, next question, Rossi. What tools do you like to use when doing SEO for our clients?
1: Um, so first and foremost, Search Console.
0: I love Search Console. Yeah. That thing is a beast. <laughs> search Console. But I
1: don't think it's utilized as much as people.
0: Oh, I know. People, people don't even know about it, right? You talk <laughs> to them, they go, what's that? You're like, it's only the best tool Google's ever released. Like, yeah. And not only that, it's, it's the only tool that will tell you what keywords you got clicks from, from the organic section yep. of Google.
1: So, Search Console is a Google tool that they have developed for exactly that Google search, right. and it gives you clicks, impressions, click through rate, and your average position for keywords. It allows for you to manually submit your website for indexing. It gives you errors. Uh, it shows you coverage. It shows you how often Google go- goes and crawls your website. Yes. But this inv- this data is invaluable because it's directly from the from the source. Yes. And although there isn't, the data isn't going to be on every single person because sometimes people might have private browsers or they might have tracking disabled, what all that stuff, it's also the clearest picture you can get of the types of keywords that people ser- use to find your search result and mm. also what your pages come up for and the hierarchy of the importance of your pages, like mm. which one's the best and
0: mm. yeah, yeah its way
1: down. But yeah, it's a really great tool.
0: So, for all of the business owners out there that look at your analytics from time to time and you say, Great, look, my website's had 50 50 visitors today, right? If you don't go and look at Search Console, you don't know what they typed in to get to your website. Yeah, so you
1: should link your analytics to Search Search Console, Mm -hmm.
0: right? And it's not one of the first things that we do. And one of the first things I recommend anyone doing if they're going to start doing their own SEO on their website or they're signing up to an SEO agency or something. We look at the search console and we say, ah, oh, this website or this page on this website is getting like 20 clicks a day from this keyword and they're currently in position nine or position 12 yeah. or whatever, right? This keyword's a really um, relevant and qualified keyword. Let's work on this keyword, yeah. right? So if you don't do that and then you're flying blind, you're like, here's a list of keywords I want to see myself at the top of Google for, yeah. right? But, but you might be nowhere for those keywords and you might be three feet from gold yeah, for, for another. another keyword, right? So that's the keyword you want to target.
1: The thing about search results as well that it kind of boggles my mind sometimes, okay, you can have a really high volume search term, say a 1,000 uh, searches per month, and a client would be coming you know, in, on the first page and they would get zero clicks from it. Yes. Mm. Zero, but they're on the front page and you just think, what the hell, like a 1,000 yeah. searches per month, how is this possible? They get the impressions, which means the search result comes up, yep. but they're not getting any clicks. And you've got keywords that have 90 searches per month and the client is, say, in position five. Yep. And they're getting 20 or 30 clicks. Yes. And you just think the user intent must – or, like, the ready-to-buy or ready-to-click Yes, user, it's just very different. Like, maybe some people are just browsing. And then the other thing is, what is it about, like, the metadata that's making people want to actually click through? And
0: Yes.
2: Hmm. Okay, that's an interesting uh, insight, actually. I, I tend to um, – not write it off but uh, classify keywords in two groups either they're volume keyword there's a lot of search happening uh very research-based lots of people doing lots of searches without any intent uh and then there's value keyword where yeah. it's it might only have 50 searches a month it might only have five searches a month but if you get those clicks those five searches are five people looking to buy from you today yeah yes. um but it's an interesting insight that uh Potentially, it's the, it's the metadata, it's the meta description, it's the title, it's it's the information that's being relayed that just isn't up to snuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah so you, that's another thing, right? If, you, if you're seeing that you're getting a ton of impressions and you're on the front page of Google for a certain keyword, but it's not in your meta title and it's not in your meta description, then you'll find that you probably get less clicks or a lower click-through rate, they call yeah. it, as a result as well, right? Because it's not in line with what they're looking for at the time.
2: Um,
1: But there are some, there are just some keywords. Anomalies. Yeah. Mm. Yeah,
2: yeah. Something I think is underutilized, right? Something we do very, very well in, in, and I don't mean us, AIA, I mean the industry. We do really well in ads when it comes to writing descriptions, writing titles to make sure that we've got strong call to actions. Mm. Strong messaging to tell people what to do. Why they should click on this ad? What the offer looks like? Yes. I think that the industry as a whole tends to under, and I might be wrong. I often am. Um, but I think the industry as a whole tends to underutilize uh, that uh, option with SEO meta descriptions and titles
1: because there isn't enough space.
2: Uh, yeah, possibly.
1: That's why the title. I mean, the title. Can you think about fifty to seventy characters? That's not a lot.
2: Twelve words. Buy okay. these diapers.
1: <laughs> 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 well, no, actually, well. <laughs> you know what? But so that there, f- we buy these diapers. It's very different because that sends you to e-commerce. So if it's a service-based business, you are just going to be –
2: Hire this plumber.
1: No, no. Yeah, (laughs) no, but you write hire, the word hire, because you would find that people are actually searching hire plumber or plumber Mm. hire or whatever it is. Yeah. But with uh, with e-commerce websites, people would write buy online shop – Whatever the the product is. So you should include that either in – most definitely in your description. But if there's an opportunity, you should put that in your title as well. Yes. So I guess that – it just depends like what – you'll find out. Search Console will tell you whether those keywords –
0: Yeah. So Search Console is your best tool, right? Yeah. I agree. I love Search Console. Mm. Um, Search Console is good fun.
2: Yes. Just to add to that, it doesn't it doesn't only tell you the things you're doing well at, right? It also tells you the things that you're failing at, or invalid pages, or maybe your sitemap has been yeah. um, spiked by a uh, by a virus. Yeah. Right. Yes. It can give you that information. It gives you blacklisting information. what's it called blacklisting information. So you can do a you a can black
1: blackli- you can blacklist uh, backlinks there as well. Yep,
2: yeah. Yeah. Okay. The um Dis- the disavow disavow, disavow. tool
0: yeah. we will disavow yep. yes. So yeah. so explain to people. So if you've got a backlink profile. Um, this it, it, this this goes all the way back. There's history here, right? I'm just going to take a couple of minutes and explain this. When Google's when Google first started accounting for backlinks to rank websites, obviously people went ballistic. The idea was that you'd legitimately get recommendations because you had a good website and people would link to you. That that, that was Google's kind of um, goal with the backlinking and the domain authority and stuff. It was, a,
2: it was a popularity contest. It
0: was a popularity contest, but people started creating link wheels, link farms, um, public blogging networks.
2: Yeah, Russian link farms became yeah. a, a, a term.
0: Right, and so you'd have a website for a plumber in Sydney who had 5,000 backlinks from removalists in England, right? Mm. Like It would just be absolutely nuts um and a lot of these backlinks were spammy they had they were irrelevant and they were just totally black hat what they call black hat versus white hat SEO where it was it did not enhance the user experience it it, um, it had no bearing on the actual popularity of the site and so Google int- introduced um penguin the algorithm update called penguin and that was uh that was a big shock to the industry and a lot of uh, business owners because uh penguin would come along and give you what was called the Google slap right so this is like <laughs> like a martial artist penguin. And what it did was it actually delisted you completely, sandboxed you from Google search results or um, just just bumped you down a bunch of pages. Um, and famously, I think in 2013, BMW was um, de-indexed from Google completely due to dodgy backlinks yeah, right. Right, I hadn't for a
1: heard few that. months. Wow, why didn't BMW need <laughs> to get backlinks?
0: So, so that, it, that was a system that seemed to be working for a while. It stopped people from doing dodgy um, backlinking. And then uh, people caught on and they started doing reverse SEO on their competitors, right? So, um, you know, I saw a guy that was above me. It was annoying. I wanted to get above him. So I just went and bought the dodgiest packet of dodgy backlinks I could from India or somewhere else and just bought them for his domain. And then he'd get penalized and then I'd come up above him. So Google had to address this problem, right, with um, with that. So uh, now you can't get penalized per se for dodgy backlinks. You can't get de- the indexed or penalized, it's just a complete waste of time and money. It means it will not have uh, bear, bear anything on your on your rankings. However, there is still the Google Disavow tool, so you can keep your backlink profile clean, tidy. Yeah. Because a lot of these um, Google's never said this, but a lot of these tools have something called a trust score. So if you've got too many do follow links and no no follow links, it looks unnatural. If you've got too many toxic links from hacked websites or Pornography websites or gambling or gun websites or overseas websites that are relevant to your industry, it will damage your trust score and, and potentially damage your overall rankings. However, you will not be necessarily uh, penalised directly by Google. There are still um, algorithmic penalties that can occur to websites and people still talk about them, where their websites drop a couple of pages overnight. Um, and then there are also uh, manual penalties where an actual uh, employee at Google, they still have a team there, Manually penalizing websites for deliberately trying to um, manipulate the search results,
2: which is the manual actions menu in Search Console.
0: Yes, you'll see it there. They'll actually put it up there and tell you uh, if you've had a manual penalty. Um, uh, But we've never seen one, have we? Mm -mm.
2: I have only ever seen one. Oh, really? Yeah. Cool. Okay, you've seen one. Couldn't tell you what. It it looked like it was a long time ago, but it was definitely around backlinks. Yeah. Yeah. Easily five years ago, but yeah. So
0: so. That, that's why I, I guess they've kind of hit the sweet spot in the middle here where it, it, you do have to buy backlinks if you're going to rank well for a competitive keyword. There is no way around that. You can't, you know, if you're an accountant or um, a plumber, you're not going to be able to build up enough hype, you know, uh, to get people to go, wow, check out this plumber's website. It's so exciting and linked to your content. No matter how good your content is about plumbing, it's never going to happen, right? If you're in entertainment or fashion celebrities.
1: You have you have to you know. think about it this way. It's a press release. That's right. exactly what it is. But rather than somebody standing up in front of an audience and saying, hey, hey, this is the accountant, you're doing it online. Right. So a press release, nice. a PR company yes. would do press releases for a brand and they would be paid for it. Right. This is exactly the same thing with a backlink. Yes. And depending on where this PR company is going to go to do the press release – the higher the price, the lower the price, depending on how big the audience is, right? Yes. yes. So if you go to a, if you want to get that press release on a website that has a hundred thousand people as an audience, of course you're going to have to pay big bucks,
0: bigger bucks for it, right? And we've paid. What have we paid? Like two thousand pounds, I think, is the maximum More than that. for one link. <laughs> yeah, yeah, from Forbes. <laughs> a do-follow link from Forbes cost us two thousand pounds from uh, Fat Joe. Mm-hmm. Fat Joe guys is a place we can go to buy backlinks. By the way. There's plenty of them out there. Have, have have a little look around. Do some research. So so uh, that that's another thing. So so search console can tell you about penalties that you've got. You can look at your backlink profile on there. What other tools, Rossi? I know that search console has been mentioned.
1: Uh so Semrush.
0: Semrush. Semrush.
1: S-E-M-Rush.
2: S-E-M-Rush. I
0: like yeah. Semrush. Semrush is good. Yeah, it's Semrush a bit a, is good. It's a bit of a king. In give the, me some uh, of that But SEMrush
1: but, but Semrush isn't just for SEO. Semra, is good for digital marketing all around. Right,
0: content creation, yeah. keyword research. Yeah.
1: topic research. Topic it's research. really, It's actually an amazing tool as well. What I use it mostly for now mm. is uh, competitor analysis. Right. So you get a brand new website that, uh, you know, has only been around for maybe a few months, less than a year, and your the client tells you what keywords they want to rank for. But you think, well, why don't we have a look at what you already rank for and then compare like the top, Say five search results for your biggest keyword, your biggest service or product. Yep. And then it will compare all five of those and show you where you stand mm. in yes. like a keyword mind map type thing yep. and give you opportunities weak keywords, strong keywords, missing keywords, opportunities. And then you can build a content plan or a strategy based on that. Yes. Because it also, sh- the other thing about that is that it shows you where your competitors get their traffic from as well. Yes.
2: And Which keywords you, you mean? Yeah. Yep. And cool. and backlinks and semantic keywords. Yes. yes. Uh, all yeah, yeah. It'll, it'll tell you what backlinks you've got. Your domain authority. So exactly. the
1: thing about backlinks, though, doing a back a competitor backlink analysis is actually it's more it's just data analytics. So if you look at your competitors and see where they're getting their backlinks, it's highly unlikely you'll be able to go backlink for backlink and get the same ones. Mm. Yes. Unless you've got you know uh, right. millions of blogs in your. Yeah, awesome. it's funny
0: that they say, "Oh, uh, backlink opportunities. You should try to get backlinks from these five websites because yep. your competitors have them." And you're like,
1: "Great. How? Yeah. Where do <laughs>
0: I find those backlinks? I'm, let yes. me just sift through the five thousand emails I've received from blogger outreach part. You know, free. So
1: some of them, some of them would be ones that you would see or you would have come across before. Yes. You know, common ones that we would all be able to get to, whether it's like a strong directory or some kind of you know news website that is prominent <laughs> across say a lot of Australian businesses. Yeah, cool. But majority of the time what you're actually looking in a backlink competitor analysis is not the actual domain that they got their backlink from, but it is a DA of that domain. Yes, So yes. you want to compare how many backlinks have they got that are say over 50 DA, yep. over 30 DA. What's so a high DA? What is a high DA? Yeah, like in 70
0: my- plus, 50 plus.
1: I reckon 60 plus. 60 plus. Yeah, yeah cool. It's a high idea. It's so the very, more- very... Un- you're not going to find a lot of websites that are over 90, yep. over 80, 70 yep. is a bit.
2: So it's to be quite world class. Yeah. At about 60, 90?
1: Well, so the other thing is that, that those DAs are based on age, but they're also based on uh, how much traffic those websites get. So. And how many
2: backlinks they've got. Yeah. Right? So Facebook with its DA of 100.
1: I don't think Facebook is one 99? It's I think, 90 something. I think Google is...
0: No, even Google's Google not. What did we remember? We saw that backlink from Google the other day. 94? 94. 94. Really? Uh, Google only gives itself a, a domain authority of 94. <laughs> Fantastic. Needs more traffic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. They should optimize their website. <laughs> um, cool. And are there any other tools, Rossi? I know that they're probably the main two
1: that I use. Yeah. Um, So we've used a few others to do like keyword research. I suppose another thing that I like to use, surprisingly, is actually the Google Ads keyword. Oh, yeah. Ad preview Ad preview. Mm. Google AdWords ad preview because what that allows me to do is, say if I search for something from our office in Sydney and it's a Melbourne and I would like it to be a Melbourne keyword without a Melbourne location identifier. So say building inspections, I don't want to put in the Melbourne. I just want that as a... Yeah, what
0: comes up in Melbourne? Yeah. for building inspections.
1: Exactly. So through
2: the Google Ads preview tool platform and preview tool, there's yeah. a tool that lets you select where you want to
1: yeah. do
2: the search from. Yeah. Do the search from. Yep. Yeah. Look like you're in Melbourne. Yeah, but yeah. so
1: what the ad preview tool actually sh- is meant to show you, or it shows you are the ads that come up. But I just scroll a little further down and look at the top ten search results
0: mm. in the organic section. So yeah. you can only look at the home, the front page of the search results. Yeah. So. Yep.
1: No, but it's a good idea for that to have a look at the kinds of businesses that come up. And so the reason why I use this tool is actually a big thing that I have found in like the last couple of years is that keywords that you think you should rank for for a service page might not be the right type of page. Yes. So say – this, this isn't the case. But say you building inspections again. You type in building inspections into Google and you think that a service page is going to come up. Maybe it won't. Maybe it will be filled with blogs. Yes. So the best way to figure that out is to actually go through the ad preview tool and, and see, see what
0: actually legitimately comes up for yeah. a search from Melbourne.
1: Because Google, ha- its algorithm works in a way that it's figured out based on however billions, trillions of searches, certain keywords, you should return a blog page. Mm. Yes. You shouldn't return a service page. And mm. that is really important because you might think, oh, a blog page you know doesn't get as much traffic. But if it's a high search volume key phrase or it's a question or it's some type of keyword that people type all the time and e- you should have a blog. EST you keywords. You so should best, have a blog.
2: greatest, you know, what's the best uh, diaper for my baby? What's the greatest
1: Yeah. But sometimes, so that's question, like if you type in a question, nine times out of ten you're going to get a blog. Mm. But there are some keywords as well. Actually, I found this for a client the other day. He is a content repurposing agency and I found that if I typed in content repurposing service, came as a blog. That's a broad Ooh. keyword. And you wouldn't think that blog search results would come for that, but it did. If I type in content repurposing agency, service pages and home pages. Mm. So you have to look at that because if you're trying to push forward and make a service page rank and the user intent is a blog, mm. you're not going to rank as high. But if you give them a blog...
0: You've got a much better chance. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah
1: And that's cool. really important.
2: That's a strong um, uh, ticket in the favour of blog creation. Because right? yeah. a lot of advertisers don't want to deal with blogs. Oh. It's too much effort. It's, too, it's more content that they don't know how to write. They did not know how to write their website 10 pages in the first place. right? A lot of them <laughs> yeah. don't want right. to do hundreds of pages of blogs. That's over why they website. hate websites. I hate selling websites. I hate
0: building (laughs) websites. It's a nightmare. Do you know why? For anyone out there listening, if you're looking to buy a website, you've got a lot of work you're going to need to do Mm -hmm. even though you paid for the
2: website. Yeah.
0: (laughs) You have to... Write uh, a really good brief or the content yourself,
2: right? It's also not a silver bullet, right? Right. You don't set a, le- a website live and then no. just because you have got a new website with a bit of fresh content and it looks good and it loads fast and it's a good yeah, user experience, you start getting, making millions of dollars. Yeah, exactly. Right? You're not bang number one. Yeah, right? you, you still got to do all that stuff around uh, around around backlinks, around additional content, around answering people's questions, yes. around hitting that ninety nine percent of search, which is research. Right. Right. Exactly.
0: Exactly. So so. Um, Cool, Rossi. That's awesome. Thank you for that. And Joe, so the ad preview tool, any other tools that we want to talk about? What about rank tracking? What do we use for rank tracking?
1: Oh, we use ProRank.
2: What do you think of that tool?
1: Uh, It's pretty good, but it's not my...
2: expensive. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I had a question on this. Yeah. When it comes to rank tracking, uh, how many keywords do you tend to rank? uh, Sorry, to track.
1: Depends on the client.
2: Like what well, their package they're on and stuff like that? Yeah. I mean, Well, would not you just
1: that. So the other thing is that oh, I would rank lots of keywords. I'll put in quite a big list, maybe 20, 30. Track lots of keywords? Yeah. yeah. 20, 30. 20, 30, say for on medium-sized maybe, clients medium or whatever. Medium-sized client. Yep. But – they would have, say, five or ten that are the main us. ones.
0: Yeah, paying us yeah. to improve the rankings. Because
1: don't score. forget the other thing is that by when you do SEO on a website and you're focusing on, say, five keywords, you are also – at the same time building that authority for the website as a whole. Yes. You're not just – you may be working specifically on boosting five keywords, but by making the website perform better, uh, those five keyword pages perform better, building backlinks, you're, build, you're increasing the whole websites. Mm. Yes.
0: Yeah, yeah. So all the rankings go up when your domain yeah. authority goes up yeah. for all your keywords basically. Fantastic. Cool. So um, pro rank track is another good one. Um Awesome. I think that's p- pretty much it, right? Is there is there anything else that you think that you use regularly that you can think of besides spreadsheets and content <laughs> writing <laughs> templates and all the rest of it? I about really. your spreadsheets, Rossi. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't want to talk about that. Everyone
0: much. is going to turn this podcast off now <laughs> if we do that. We're going to talk about spreadsheets for
2: an hour. <laughs> Unless they're Joe. That's Joe me, would me. keep
0: listening. <laughs> He's like, you mean Excel? Me and
2: 10 other people <laughs> like me in the country are, what are we still here. Excel? Google Sheets. <laughs> Need some formulas? I yeah. could put some formulas in. I didn't
1: have any formulas. I yes. just color code and then he came in and he's like, hmm, we're going to do some formulas.
0: Ah, nice. Yeah. So Joe's the spreadsheet king I want to be polite here. about this, but this is shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love how much, of a, how much of a nerd you are, man. That's amazing. It's <laughs> like, what do you love? Spreadsheets. <laughs> All right. So, cool. Um, next question. Do you have a formula, Rossi, that you kind of run by a set sort of formula that maybe people could use themselves?
1: Uh, well, I said before that there isn't, you know, one size fits all for every website. But the first thing that I would always do is make sure that the website is submitted to Google for indexing through yes. Search Console. And I think allowing for some da- – if there is no data, allowing for some data to come in.
0: Yes. Yep.
1: And to be able to see how Google views your website what keywords? straight away.
0: Because uh, yeah. often people will sign up with us with a package and they'll say, oh, I want these 10 keywords and we'll say, yeah, sure. Yeah. Right. And then we'll look at the search console and we'll come back and say, you're, you're kind of like, you know, uh, at the bottom of the front page for this really big keyword yep. that seems to be quite relevant. Do you want to maybe target that one instead of maybe one of the other ones? But right? so
1: the other thing that people do as well, so they come in with a certain budget and that budget would, you know, it would be sufficient to get them going, but then they'll go for keywords that have got a thousand, two thousand, three thousand you know, plus searches per month mm. and they would want results straight away. And you have to think about if it's a thousand searches per month keyword, then you are in competition with a lot of strong
0: yeah, domains.
1: Yes, and not just that, also other people who are actively doing SEO on their websites because if it's a thousand searches per month, it's highly competitive. Yes. So if you come, up, come to us with a budget that isn't or you've got a budget that isn't big enough for you to compete with them, then you shouldn't be – not wasting but concentrating all of your efforts just on those keywords. Set
0: the bar a little lower, get a return on your investment. Yeah, and then then, work towards that. Go after the low-hanging fruit. Yeah. (coughs) Because because the links that you're building anyway improve your domain authority overall. overall, As well. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I think the other thing that people just assume as well is that those big keywords like your your broad keywords without a location identifier as well are the ones that are always going to get you the work, but it's not necessarily the case. Mm. So for a lot of our service-based cl- clients as well, the ones that do home renovations like um, uh, bathroom renovations, kitchen renovations, your house extensions, whatever, that sort of stuff, cleaning as mm. well, stone restoration, I have found that actually being in an area and having suburb related keywords. Yes. Get them a lot of traffic. Your pool yeah. renovations, your Roofing. builders, yeah, exactly. Yes. You type when if you need a service like that that is generally for your home yes. or maybe small, you know, types of building stuff for your business, then you're going to look local. So having mm. local keywords is really important. And yes. people will actually type the service that they want with the suburb at the end of it, and yes. you need to be targeting those.
2: We're in St Leonard's today. If we needed a new roof on the house, we wouldn't be searching for a roofer in Sydney. Sydney. No. no, that's right. Even though so many people
0: see this is the, this is the the thing the, the the thing too, people want to see themselves at the top for Sydney. Yes, because it's an ego trip, right? Like there's a lot of there's yeah. a lot of that also in SEO. I really do feel like that. That's the case. People people. Love to feel good by seeing themselves above that big business yeah. that they've been competing with for years, and they know that he's also typing that into Google and seeing him above him or her, and just going, "Yes, you know what I mean," okay. like or, or like just happy that they've been able to beat these other guys on the ladder or girls. But uh, it, it like you just said, it's not always the best way to get the most jobs, no. right? Like. I think from my own research and over time running Google ads and working with you, Rossi, on SEO, I think that there's some services that people type in suburbs and other services where people do type in Sydney. Yeah. You know, like I think the bigger the job, so builders, for example, Mm. um, uh, home extensions, granny flats, things that are going to cost in the tens and tens of thousands of dollars or more. Um, You know, um, mortgage guys, finance guys obviously can be Australia wide. People don't care if they're getting finance from a guy on the other side of the country. Yeah. If the if the and rates it's if it's a better GDP, rate, yeah. right? Like it doesn't matter where the money comes from. But
2: Interestingly, yeah. I think certainly there's an element of that, but yeah. I also think that, and I've done it. You'll yes. go and search for a service, and you'll start off with Sydney, yeah. And then you'll see all but, of this irrelevant but why, search, but think yeah.
1: about why you're doing it because you're in in um, um great Sydney. No, not just that. The type of. of your what do you call them? The buyer's cycle that they are just um, looking for information. Right, so yeah, the first
0: yeah. thing, the first thing is awareness. Yeah. Then there's research. Research. And so then they're in intent. research
1: Yes. Work. Yeah. So yeah. when you write, this is what I have found. When you write Sydney, but you're and just then I see a
2: bunch of uh, pins on the map from from Sydney. I think, well, hang on a minute. I'm not in Sydney. I'm on the northern beaches. So I want to actually find something on the northern beaches. Yeah. Yes. And then I'll go a step further and you know it's the uh, it's the education cycle I think yeah. that we all have from Google mm. that, that they have educated us on how to google mm. over That's 10 right. years like the way i would search for something today is is vastly different to how i would have done it um, yeah, a yeah. decade ago
0: yeah yeah cool for sure yes so <clears throat> um i agree i think that i think that the way we've searched has changed as well mm. over the years for sure um so um with this formula rossi You'd start by using Search Console. Yep. And then you'd um, look at some of the keywords that are already ranking for, kind of analyse yep. the data, see if there's any suggestions you're going to make back to the business owner about yep. maybe some changes in keywords we're going to target.
1: Yep. And based on those keywords. So this is also like communication with the client. Yes. To figure out what is the best strategy and whether they're the right keywords for them as well. Yes. And then from after selecting the keywords, you would come up with a content plan. So whether that would mean uh, overhauling what's already on there mm. or creating new content, whether that be for service pages or additional pages to help build authority on those service pages, which is your blog. Yes. Uh, the content plan is can also include... Like whether you want to add like certain sections, like it doesn't have to be a complete overhaul. If you, the other thing is that when I say an overhaul in content, if it's really crappy content, then obviously get rid of it. But yep. if the content reads well and it needs to have some certain keywords included in it, then you you're better off doing that because don't forget if the content is written by the business owner and it's in, you know it reads well and it's already grabbing some attention, it's an accurate representation yeah, of the business if they itself, are in the tone of voice and everything like that. Then yes. you don't want to screw with that and go and get some content written that yeah. generally. Might have like a bit of a salesy pitch. Yes. So you're better off sticking with what's already there and just kind of helping it. Enhance it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, cool. Okay. And then um, obviously you do the content plan, get the content written. Yeah. Get the backlinks, acquire the backlinks. Do the on-site work?
1: So the – well, the the content stuff, that's obviously something that we give to the copywriter and then add accordingly – but the first thing that I do on site is update metadata or make sure that the metadata is accurate and then resubmit that. So, actually, even before putting like the first step, which was adding the website to Search Console, if it's a website that has already had some kind of visibility, I would quickly go in and put, have a look at the metadata and just see if there is metadata. If there's
0: any like quick wins, yes. low hanging fruit. Yeah. Well,
1: because the thing with metadata is that a lot of websites don't actually have any. So, it would say home, yes. business name, yep. services business
2: name and once you go in and you do a, a, a pass through the website and update the metadata do you is that set and forget or do you go back and revisit that period always periodically?
1: always Because what happens is that as soon as you change the metadata, resubmit the website to Google, it indexes that page according to what you've written in the metadata and what is on the page.
2: It resettles you in a new position.
1: Well, yeah, and it also can give you other keywords, which is important. Hmm. So the thing is that Google, you have to prompt Google to do these things as well. It's very unlikely that Google is going to start ranking you for something without you being like, hey, (laughs) like you have to have – Relevant content, relevant metadata, relevant images and everything like that on there.
2: So it sounds like every every action you take has an effect when you then submit that to Google. Well,
1: that's the aim.
2: And, and it's a constantly shifting sand.
1: Well, for some things, yes. But other things kind of stay.
0: <laughs> stay the same. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I think that um, overall, um, increasing the amount of content that you've got, Related to any specific topic, builds Google's understanding of your
2: authority on that topic. Your website's authority. If it's good content. If it's good content, yeah. and that should be the aim, right? Is yeah, to, Is to build authority. Yeah. Build user experience. Build. Yeah. Build cont- content answers.
0: That's right. So, so um, if you've got a website and you're uh, you're trying to target maybe, um, um, you know. Um, Body paint. <laughs> <laughs> Good scented topic. body paint. I like the hesitation there. Before. Scented body paint. Brazilian body paint. scented body paint. Wow. Okay. Glitter, right? glitter based. Right. So the more content you've got about body paint, about scented body paint and about Brazilian scented body paint, whether it's an article talking about the different types of body paint, different colours, different, different scents, scents you can get, right? Um, answering people's questions about it as well. Like, you know, how do I spruce up my um, date night <laughs> with my missus, right? And then you talk, <laughs> I don't think that's
2: going to work. We've gone off track here. I think yeah. what you're trying to say but is point being- granulating as much as you so can, the about services and the content.
0: Now? Is that what's going to happen? No.
2: <laughs> All
0: right. So basically Google will see your website as more of an authority on any given topic if you've got more content answering people's questions related to that topic or that service or that, that that product or that uh, industry right
2: and that pretty much how that correct me if i'm wrong but the more granular you can be with your content the more broken down your service can be yes the the more likely you want to to show for
1: that you want you want you want dedicated service pages Mm. so it's actually better off exactly to have an individual page for each unique service Mm. because the thing about the when you do it like that, you you can actually concentrate on that and be more specific about what it entails and what's associated with it. So there's a hierarchy on websites, and obviously your homepage is on top. After your homepage come your service pages, which is what we call money pages here. And your money pages, they they are actually – people when people come to your homepage, they generally come and they have a browse, but your service pages, they're the ones that make people contact you. Mm. Yes. So we have found as well with our website that – People go to our service pages and they contact us through there.
0: Yes. And that's that's a big learning curve that we went through, right, with our website and our rankings over time. And it was it was a huge um, uh, awakening that we had in regards to how users search and what they look for on the internet. So uh, the example is that <coughs> we were ranking number one on Google for two years. Internet marketing. Internet marketing. Yeah. Right. And Internet marketing, Sydney, Internet marketing, Melbourne. Advertising as well. Yeah, which which Internet is really advertising. Broad. Right. So so and and we never got any inquiries no. from those rankings. Like not one. Literally, you're number 1 on Google for internet marketing for like <laughs> years and you don't get one inquiry. Now, why? Right? And the answer to that question Ring Joe, ring. Yes.
2: ring. Ring ring. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, hi, I'd like some internet marketing, please. Right.
0: No one says that. <laughs> that's right. So, the user intent for someone that's typing in internet marketing is what
1: Research. Research, that's it. Or competitors. Or competitors. (laughs) They're not looking or someone looking to get
0: into the industry yeah, or someone looking to understand what internet marketing is. Like it's no business owner that wants to sign up to a digital marketing agency has ever typed in internet marketing, right, into Google. So what we found worked for us is when we started getting rankings on Google for Google Ads Agency or Facebook Marketing Sydney or Facebook Marketing Brisbane, you know, These types of keywords are the ones that get us inquiries. And it's the same goes for business owners. If you're a pest control guy out there, you can't just come up for pest control on Google. You can be number one for pest control for 10 years. You're not going to get any freaking phone calls. I can tell you now. People don't type in pest control when they're looking to hire a pest control company. They type in pest control St. Leonard's, pest control Perth, pest control Brisbane, pest control, uh, you know, the suburb that they're in. Pest control near me. Yeah. Rats, pigeons, cockroaches. Exactly, Joe. Even more to the point. They type in the problem that they have, right, or specifically what they're looking for, and it's good news for business owners out there. It's good. It was good news for us, and it's good news for all the pest controllers (sighs) out there because it's a lot easier to get to the top of Google for pest control cockroaches, St. Leonard's. Yeah, right. Pest control or possum guy. You know, possums in my roof, yeah, or whatever,
2: right? Again, this that's like, what we were saying earlier. There might only be ten searches for that a month, yeah. but those yeah. ten searches, they know what they're looking for. They know the what they're looking for, and is if that they're ready to hide, very them. strong. Yeah, the exactly. zero moment of truth yeah. has been achieved, and they they just want to find yeah. anybody. to What come it help, is that they're looking for, to come exactly.
0: Help them. So, so that was a learning curve for us. Um, and you know, don't make the same mistake we did, guys out there. Just just think about the specific search terms that people will type in. And Rossi, you're right when you're saying the service pages. They're the ones that will get you the inquiries, not yep. the homepage, not the page that's targeting pest control, the page that's targeting cockroaches, spiders, you know, whatever it is. So um, fantastic. What were we up to? Do you have a formula? So that's that sort of runs through that. What about um, internal links, Rossi? Do you think that they have much of an impact on rankings? What is an internal link?
1: So the same as a backlink, but it's actually within your website. So Joe's
0: pointing to his watch. I've got to eat, guys. you got to yeah, eat. So get I. a diet <laughs> cookie. So do I. Get a diet oh you want me to get your diet cookie? We've got no, diet we need cookies a here.
1: Dinner. This has been way over
0: twenty minutes. Guys, I'm excited I'm passionate okay. about S E O. Okay? okay?
1: All right, let's quickly go through internal links.
0: Yeah, I've got two so, more questions after that. Great. Can you touch on silo linking as well?
1: No. no. Well I mean
0: that, that is- <laughs> That's, we need another hour for that, Joe.
1: Ah, so internal linking is the same as backlinks, but you're linking from within your website. When I was talking about the hierarchy of a website and the page structure, you've got your homepage, then your money pages, then maybe some secondary money pages. Yep. Then the blog, which is where you add in additional content. By yep. the way, it doesn't have to be a blog. It can be like a resources page, an FAQs page. It doesn't have to be set up exactly like a blog. So
2: if you've got a page that talks about uh, pest control for re- for cockroaches... In St. Leonard's, yeah, or it doesn't need to say St. Leonard's, but pest control for cockroaches, yeah. What would your what would your blogs then do? Your your blogs would be they specific would types of cockroach, how you how you deal with no. how you cockroaches, ta-
1: how you tackle
2: answers them. to questions people
0: ask yes. about to pest to control Frequently about cockroach asked problems.
1: Ask questions, and yep. there are
0: there's a stacks of zillions of. Them. of them. Where do you <laughs> find these? What's one of the websites? Answer the public.
1: Well, no, SEMrush. it's called Google.
0: Google also will tell you. You
1: type in pest control cockroaches into Google, there will be a section on there called People Also Ask, and they are the most common –
0: Asked questions. Yes, and also another
1: way to do it is you type in pest control, cockroaches into Google, don't press enter, and it drops the –
0: Yeah, the suggested searches. Yeah,
1: and then you see what –
0: (laughs) Yeah, everyone types in. Right, and so this this kind of points to, I think, a poignant – Um, thing that we've got with our formula here Rossi that makes a big difference for our clients it's something that differentiates us from from a lot of the other agencies internal linking but also writing blogs with the title as the question that people ask Mm. right so do you remember when we wrote the blog Facebook ads cost Mm -hmm. and then we got the position zero they call it the rich answer box that you sometimes get at the top of Google our website traffic tripled overnight yeah for the whole time that we had that rich answer box at the top yep. of Google for Facebook ads cost, we got stacks of traffic. And, yep. the, and the formula that worked there well was we tagged anyone who came to our website from that blog post, which was a stack Big of display. people. And then we um, tagged them and remarketed to them with display ads and Facebook ads, promoting Facebook ad services. Joe, are you texting your missus? No. You are, aren't you? Are
1: you playing games? Are
0: you going to be in trouble for being late? No.
1: <laughs> playing games.
2: What are you... You're on a podcast, Joe. Put your phone away. I do have something to say, though, in direct reference to what you've just said, Billy, to you show that I was listening. Okay. Um, something <laughs> I've been promoting to a lot of people at the moment as well has been around Facebook remarketing and Google Ads remarketing. And not yes. just having one ad that goes out to everybody that's hit your website and just yep. hoping for the best, crossing your fingers and closing your eyes. Yes. What we should be doing, what we've been doing recently, yes. uh, has been... Uh, dynamic um, se- segmenting yes. the audiences based on what they do so you might uh, you might have people who have never been to your website but they visit yes. your competitors yes. you might have people who go into an audience because they've done a bunch of searches around what you want to show for but yes. you can't afford to be there for for paid search and you're not there yet for seo yes you might have people who visited your website you might have people who visited specific pages of your website yes you might have people who've been uh, uh added things to cart yes that abandoned the cart and you might have People who've purchased from you, if you're an e-commerce store, yes, segmenting audiences into all these different um, uh, categories, categories, yes, means that you can then go back to that that market of of traffic with very specific, very targeted offers, yes, much in the same way that uh, that we were doing on this SEO page historically, yes, um, and it's incredibly powerful, yes, incredibly cheap, uh, but very very cost effective way well, of getting people. It's the back. best thing about advertising on the
0: internet, we'll just quickly touch on this, but it's the best thing about advertising on the internet. If you're on the radio or TV or old, you know, offline advertising platforms and you want anyone to see your ad twice, you have to pay to advertise to everyone at least twice. It's very, very unlikely someone's going to see your ad more than once. Uh, If you only have two frequency, you know, you only run it twice with the internet, you can run your ad to everyone and then make sure anyone that was interested in that ad in any way, shape or form, then sees your ad five times a day for the next three months, right? <laughs> and you only have to pay to do that to people who are interested in your ad the first time. Yes, That's the most powerful thing about advertising on the internet.
2: and Squeezing out the maximum yes. that you can from your traffic. And
0: SEO ties into that because if yes. you manage to write a good answer to a very popular question, you bring in a stack of traffic of qualified people. Someone types in, how much does Facebook ads cost? They're potentially a customer of ours. If someone types in... Uh, do I need a pest control guy for cockroaches or something like that? I've got a cockroach problem. Yeah, that person's probably going to hire a pest control guy sometime soon, right? Mm-hmm.
2: So this works well, um, very Remar- well in conjunction in conjunction with SEO yeah. with the strategies that we use here. And it takes, and you know, it goes. The numbers bounce around a bit, but it takes between nine and twenty nine touch points of a of a, a, yes. a traffic before they see you enough to actually yes. recognize your brand. Yes, it takes a lot of uh, of uh, getting in front of people before yes. they actually unless that they you know get you. them at that moment of truth zero
0: moment of truth a zero moment of truth when you have exactly what they're looking for at that time and yes. their pain point what do they call it buyers in heat buyers right? in heat someone that's decided they're going to do something about the problem because they've been in enough pain for long enough that they're just going to do it now
2: and all you right? have to do is a as a as a provider is yes. just not mess it up
0: right exactly that's right um okay so we'll jump to the next one guys i know you're both um hungry joe's getting in trouble from his missus rossi's Rossi and I are hungry. We're going to the chicken burger shop. We're going to get chicken burgers. Rossi's shout tonight. Um, does it matter what your website is built with, Rossi?
1: Yes and no.
2: Wix.
1: Mm. <laughs> well, that's a definite yes.
2: <laughs> yes, you should I, build Wix, websites Wix with Wix. Got
0: deinde- Wix websites weren't even indexed on yeah. Google. They went through a problem two no. years ago or thereabouts.
1: I, th- I think the most important thing about building a website is the ability to be a- able to edit Mm. Update, include, like, touch all aspects of it. Yes, which yeah. means header, footer. Yeah, yeah. The HD access. Te- the site more map. technical sort of stuff. And the problem with. Uh, uh, you know systems like or CMSs which are closed source like Squarespace and Wix is the fact that you actually can't yes get into the nitty gritty of the code yes and that's really important in this day and age because you need to be able to do that to do things like ads or to track properly or to yeah to make things faster so you're limited by a closed
0: yeah by whatever they let you do yeah yeah exactly. from within there like
1: but at the same time the other thing is that everybody's you know, almost everyone is on the internet. So you can see the the, the appeal to these yes. types of... Yep. Because
0: it, you build your own, yeah, because save yourself thousands of dollars. People, it's cheap, it's easy, yeah, yeah. it's but drag and drop. Pe-
1: and I think that, to be completely honest, I reckon that it's probably going to go in the way that they're going to get better. They're yeah. going to allow, you know, they've got teams of developers in, you know, all of this money. Oh uh, Yeah, coming. but
0: they can't open their source code because no, then you can I, steal their product.
1: Yeah, but I think that they would figure, they're probably going to start to figure out ways to in, you know, how to yeah. incorporate these whatever issues that were.
0: Yeah, creating. yeah, yeah. I know what you mean, like give more access to um, yeah. users. But to be honest with you, like it's 2021 now, right? And I know that technology is cool, like a FaceTime a person on the other side of the planet in two seconds flat. You know, uh, there's amazing things happening in the technology space, building websites sucks like it, it, it's like it's like 10 years ago why do I need to know how to do HTML code and PHP code to get a website to do what I want it to do yeah, in 2021
1: here's the other question the thing that it kind of irritates me sometimes is that, you know we have we have web dev clients that say oh, I just really would like to edit my website and to be an easily editable website yeah. you're not a developer no, and none of that, not only is that sk- you might
2: be completely retarded when it comes to computers. No,
1: but like, so isn't,
2: isn't that what um, CMS is supposed to do though? Cust, um, Make content it content no, management system. but
1: it's a content management system for managing the content. It's not for managing the person.
2: Just, and
0: yeah. <laughs> Right, or the style and the, everything else, right? So a content
1: yeah. management system isn't... So, okay, there you've got your developers, your software engineers that work purely in code and they can envision or visualise what the website would look like. But you've got other developers who are also maybe ux designers and then visually they would like to see how things work so a content management system is two-pronged for you to be able to easily visualize something but also to manage the content on there. Yeah, uploading photos yeah. creating blogs things it's like that it's just you can ease do. of use yeah so but it's not to say that it's meant to be for your everyday but, but not user. only
0: that like everything that every time anyone touches anything to make it easier to use they make it harder to use yeah have you noticed that facebook oh. ads dashboard Example: Google Ads dashboard. We're going to make this so easy that business owners can just run their own ads easily. Have you seen what they've done recently? Yeah. Now you need to put a TXT DNS file to verify your domain for Facebook ads. They've also Who recently got rid of know how to do that. They've
2: also recently got rid of um, broad match modifiers. It's all going to move right. to phrase, phrase match. match. Yeah, yeah but just a question, just Billy. Stuff up so if your, your job
1: is to help your clients with Google ads and Facebook ads, then what are you going to do? You're going to go and learn that system, learn that dashboard. It will take you some time. But you've got clients who are like, I want an easy-ass website. Mm. And then they're like, okay, show me how to edit something, but then they're not willing to go further past, you know, a few instructions that you give Mm. them.
2: And then they ring you back a week later and go, my mouse is broken. (laughs) Um, Back on topic though, what is your favourite CMS? What is your favourite platform to build a website in or to use? Well,
1: obviously WordPress because it's – 30% of the websites out there are built in WordPress
0: currently. Obviously WordPress because
1: that's also the thing that, you know, most web dev students learn on. And it's also the majority of websites that we've gotten to work with through our clients as well. But there is something to be said about creating, you know.
0: Fast websites.
1: Not just fast websites but like code from the get-go. Static coded, (coughs) yeah, yeah. You get to control every aspect of it.
0: Let's explain the difference here, okay. You've got Wix. And content management system like closed source content management systems, uh, Foursquare, Wix, Squarespace, Squarespace, What's Foursquare. What's Foursquare? It's a. Uh, oh, uh, that's a client, uh, isn't it? Foursquare property maintenance something. Whoops. No, Foursquare anyway.
2: is a. Um, <laughs> it's it's, it a was a CMS. check-in app yeah. for a while. You uh, could, yeah. like, it was a reviews app. All right, it's well, done a bunch of things. Foursquare.
0: We should steal that name. It's a good name. Um, no, Squarespace, Wix. There's others, many others like it. Right, Shopify, really? Nito for e-commerce. Weebly. Right, Weebly, yes. Weebly is another one. I
2: forgot that existed until recently.
0: It's like MySpace. Somebody somebody had a
2: Weebly website, and I was like, this is
0: built on Weebly. (laughs) (laughs) Right, closed... Closed source content management systems. You cannot get into the source code. You cannot move the website from one hosting provider to another. Yes. You've got a Wix website. It's on a Wix you, server. You can't export but, content. But you can't yeah, in saying that, anything. something
1: like Shopify, you've got so much access.
0: Yeah, Shopify is e-commerce. Yeah. You know, building a static e-commerce website is nigh impossible. You're going to need to use something like Shopify. Yeah. We highly recommend Shopify. Yeah. Shopify is sh- great. Yeah, Shopify is the best. Especially
2: things like um, inventory management. Yes. Shipping.
0: Right, so... Closed source content management systems like those. Open source content man- management systems like WordPress, for example. Yeah. One of the reasons why it's so popular is because you can download your website onto a USB card, right, uh, take it into a website hosting company's office and say, host this website. You can move it from host provider to hosting provider. You can get into the source code. You can edit anything you want. But they're slow. WordPress websites are slow. And the reason for that is there's server-side rendering. So every time you click on a WordPress website uh, or click on a new page or click to it from Google – It builds the page from the server. It references the PHP database in the server and builds the page on the fly, which is what affects the load speed. Then you've got static websites. This is a whole other category, a whole other podcast, but I'll just touch on that. Static websites have no server-side rendering, right? They only come up, they're pre-built, they're pushed to the edge, they call it, so to the closest possible internet node that you have. And as soon as you click on it, it's already built, ready to go, and it just flashes up onto your screen within seconds. Right, so that's a static website. That's the difference. They're much more expensive to build, but their load speed is much higher and they're also harder to edit.
2: But so from an SEO perspective, is it is it a is it a balance? Is it a balancing act? Is that what I'm what Yeah, I'm like
0: so if you're not a big corporate or you've got an e-commerce website, static website's not the right answer. Mm. It's too expensive and and harder to edit.
2: And if you have somebody who's doing your SEO, um, you want something that's common Yeah. WordPress, a fast
0: WordPress website, uh, a a WordPress website that's built to load as quickly as possible Mm. is probably the best.
1: But it also depends on the budget. Yeah. So the thing is that if you're a bigger corporation or bigger company and you want to, you know, compete with the big guns who have loads of pages, loads of domain authority, and you've got, you can allow yourself a higher budget, then a fast loading website is definitely the way to go. Especially with this Core Web Vitals update, right? 100%. But if you're a small company that has five, you know, you've only got one service, maybe you do something that's more local. Very local. Yeah, then mm. and you've got a five-page website. Mm.
2: That's okay. Yes.
1: WordPress will do, will do well. Okay.
2: Guys, I think we're going to wrap it up. Can I ask one last question? Okay. Google changes their algorithm, right? Yeah. Apparently 600 times a year, I was told, seven or eight years ago. I think they right? change it hundreds of times C- a day. A couple of times a day. I'm sure yeah. there's very... Lots and lots of very small improvement, very small um, uh, change changes, yeah. uh, and a couple of big big algorithms throughout the year, including the core web visals coming in May. Yes, uh, Rossi, My question to you is: What is an algorithm? <laughs> 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 oh man, you don't you don't have to answer that.
1: I don't know. Well, I'll <laughs> explain saying it. That I want to learn. I
0: love I love explaining these types of things. I know exactly what an algorithm is. Oh, yeah. It's a formula. It's an equation. It's a formula. It's something that Google. Google has an army of spider bots, and they crawl the World Wide Web for all of all of the available domains that that are currently being hosted right now. When it does that, it indexes everything that it can. Right, then it ranks based on an algorithm. Right, so the algorithm is probably based on a number of very large have number so of different So many things. parameters, it's right. not even funny. Yeah, so the algorithm is basically how google decides to rank some websites above others right that that's that's the algorithm so an algorithm update is when they change how they are ranking websites on their parameters. search engine one the of the parameters
2: parameters factors yeah, yeah. okay so, so yes.
1: the problem with this is like to say, okay, so n- algorithm. I bet you that this algorithm is made up of a gaz- like so many smaller algorithms. So, gazillions. Would
2: it be fair to say yeah. a plus b equals c, right? Yes. But with a, a Google algorithm or any other algorithm, it's it's more like a plus b times c divided by d multiplied by e by on and on algorithm. and on. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And and then all of that in brackets if. And then a yes. whole other yeah. algorithm. 20, you know.
2: 2, 2,500 times over. Yeah. And each one of those letters represents a, a very very specific part of your website.
0: I actually looked I, – I got right – I got neck deep into this years ago about the the um, the matrix that they use as well for content on websites and keywords and keyword density and semantics. And so there's like – there's like three-dimensional matrices yeah, right. um, that they use to reference when looking to index websites as well through Mate. the content and occurrences of keywords and semantics and rankings and backlinks. and It's very, very complicated. And I think that they've built a huge machine that a core number of engineers are able to ever touch after going through yep. 500 – Levels of hierarchy in the Google system, so so there's just this massive machine with hundreds of people walking around it. That no one's allowed to freaking touch. This right? is,
2: I think, this is exactly why. And sorry to keep keep this going longer, but I think this is exactly why um, Google folded to the Australian media code. Yes, uh, where they they have gone on to pay the government basically money that's going to yes. go to 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 um, yes. Publishers. publishers. Yes, um, Facebook. Facebook have a, a an entire massive list of yes. uh, pages who defi- self-define themselves. So yes. if they say they're a publisher, if they say they're a news organisation, if they say they're in you know, any one of a dozen categories, yes. Facebook just says, cool, I can see you in Australia, you're banned. Right. Yeah. For Google to do that, it would yeah. be a monumental effort for not Imagine. only their – because it's not an Australian algorithm. It's a worldwide algorithm. Yes. So there's a monumental effort for them to carve out a chunk of their algorithm and still have the thing work yes. to, to remove publishers from their platform. So I think yes. that's, that's the reason that they uh, the other reason folded I think, like Facebook, a wet paper towel.
0: The other reason why I think Facebook did that was because it will increase the amount of time people spend on their freaking platform, right. which means they'll make more money from ad revenue. Right. Every time you see a, a post in your news feed from a publisher from Sydney Morning Herald or whatever, routers or whoever else. Click. You click on it and where does it take you? Off the platform, <laughs> right? So so they're actually allowing publishers, they're giving some publishers somewhere where they can, news publishers somewhere where they can promote their articles and their, their journalistic Insights. And and in doing that, they're actually taking users off the platform, reducing the level of engagement, time spent on their platform, and the ad revenue as a result. So why wouldn't they just take the news off there and say, sweet? I mean, I actually think Facebook's better without it. Yeah, I, I'm I, looking, I agree. I'm seeing more of my friends' posts.
2: That's it. Which is what Facebook was all it about It a social, a social gathering place, That's right. you know, it's social not, media. It's not
0: news book. No. Right? It's not Murdoch book. It's Facebook. It's my friends. I want to know what my friends are up to.
1: But those news articles news posts, are only coming up because you follow those pages.
2: Yeah, that's right. That's true. The same algorithm that governs the ads that you see governs the news and information that you see. Yes. It's an echo chamber. That's true. That's why right-wing views get reinforced on Facebook and left-wing views are reinforced on Facebook because they show you what you want to see. Mm -hmm.
0: Any hot tips before we go, Rossi, for business owners that want to increase their rankings and get better results from the get some of those sweet, sweet sales from the organic section of Google?
1: Just give me all their money. Nice. <laughs>
0: yeah. I would like Fantastic. to second, second that? All of it. All, all <laughs> of it. Now. <laughs> cool, guys. Thanks. Hope you enjoyed listening. If you've got any questions, give us a ring. We're happy to talk to you about SEO, especially Rossi. She loves it. Peace out. Bye. Bye.